Well, welcome to the Catholic Sportsman Show. And before we um, have our guest, Deacon Marcello Ferrari, um, explain this wonderful uh, documentary, Souls in the Game, that's coming out next week, uh, we're going to start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, let everything we do begin with your inspiration, continue with your help, and reach perfection under your guidance. We ask this through Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Son, Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, uh, Deacon, it's great to have you on the Catholic Sportsman podcast. Uh, we want to at least give you a, an introduction here. Uh, you um, are a diocesan priest in the Diocese of Boston, and you entered uh, the seminary in uh, 2018. And uh, Deacon Marcello, uh, God willing, uh, will be a priest and ordained in May of 2024, and he's currently at St. John's Seminary. And um, the reason why uh, we're having this show is that next week is National Vocation Awareness Week, and where uh, Deacon Marcello is studying right now, uh, they have produced this um, wonderful uh, documentary that will be released the week of November 6th um, called Souls in the Game. And so the link to the show um, will be in the show notes. And uh, we encourage you to actually maybe watch the documentary before you listen to this podcast, if you can. But uh, we'd like to welcome Deacon Marcello. Thank you. It's a, a joy to be here. I'm so happy to have been invited on the show. Uh, yeah, the, the the documentary is an incredible film, incredible work um, by the Archdiocese. So, yes, definitely encourage uh, everyone to give it a look before listening here. Um, if not, just be advised of the spoilers. <laughs> right. Well, well, Deacon, can you kind of describe the documentary and uh, the background behind uh, producing it? Yes. So the documentary, um, I guess even before the documentary, was the team itself, uh, which was formed really as uh, the brainchild of now Father Peter Schrippa. And he was the one who really wanted to bring basketball, which is one of his great passions, into the seminary. And when it first started happening, it was a very small group of us who would meet in the mornings for for practice. And little by little, the, the project grew. And eventually, uh, a few a few lay people um, asked to to come along and to see us practice. And they were they were moved by what was happening on the court and how it informed our 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 studies, how it informed our formation to the priesthood. And so eventually, yeah, they asked to to film it and to to produce this this documentary. So the, they working with the Archdiocese of Boston, we eventually um, came up with this film. Awesome. And um, what do you guys hope to, as far as the message uh, for this documentary, at least for the Boston Catholic community and beyond? Yeah, I would say it's so important these days for people to recognize that seminarians are people too <laughs> we're uh, we're all young men who come from all 
all walks of life and uh, the formation that happens here, while certainly deeply spiritual, deeply theological, um, also has a profound human element to it. And what we receive in the seminary goes a long way. And what we receive on the court, what we receive through this basketball team, really by means of the seminary support, uh, yeah, just really enhances our, our formation. And so, yeah, just encourage, just to encourage the, the greater Boston community that they might know that, you know, there's these great men studying for the priesthood, um, certainly to encourage a lot of young men, especially this vocations week, this vocations awareness week to know that, uh, entering seminary is definitely, um, a big step, definitely a serious, uh, undertaking, but as we know, Christ always wills what's, what's good for us, what's, what's best for us. And yeah, if God is calling you to this vocation, it'll be a life of tremendous joy, tremendous, yeah, unspeakable happiness. Um, certainly there'll, there'll be moments of, of cross, which, uh, you know, we'll see even in the documentary lived out, but, uh, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a life filled with love. Will you share your vocation story? Of course. Yeah. So basketball was not, uh, my sport growing up to be totally honest. Uh, and for that matter, neither was the faith really. I, although I grew up in a Catholic home and was brought to mass by my mother, especially, but also my father, I quickly, yeah, quickly fell from the faith really right around high school. I saw Catholicism as the great no, this big sign of forbidden pleasures in life. And, um, yeah, it seemed more than anything like a fairy tale to me, something that was not to be taken too seriously, but that served perhaps as a good moral, uh, a good moral foundation for some. So in high school is when I started drifting away. And then by the time I went away to college, I went to Bentley University in, in Waltham studying marketing in Massachusetts. And by that time, I had practically abandoned the faith. I wasn't going to mass. I hadn't been to confession in seven or eight years. Um, and my faith was something, if anything, I was mildly antagonistic towards since I felt that it suppressed a lot of the freedom that I had so desired. By the grace of God, I was uh, invited on a mission trip to go to Haiti. And it was through the FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, and it was down there in Haiti that really working with these poor abandoned orphans um, shortly after the earthquakes and the tsunami that I just honestly, by envy, realized that what these kids had, despite not having anything, despite their, yeah, despite their tragic situation, no family, um, many of them were severely ill with different mental illness or physical disability. And yet there was a profound joy in these kids that me with all of my, you know, my, my good job lined up in New York, the, the girlfriend that I'd been dating for so many years, I was never a depressed person, but, um, but I just did not have access to that same kind of joy, that kind of invincible joy that you saw with these children. So it was a, a moment down there where I just eventually 
stepped foot in the chapel for the first time, uh, genuinely after eight years and made a prayer to just commit my life to Christ and to, yeah, to love him, to follow him. And it really was obvious to me that it was both a gift and, uh, a choice. It was a gift from God to receive that gift of faith again and a choice to, a choice to believe and to act on that. But that was the easy part, right? Saying yes to God is always filled with so many, (laughs) so many, yeah, so many small consolations and great ones too. Then you come back and it was hard to sort of settle in, uh, change my life around. I knew that I couldn't compromise with God, that Christ had to take that center role in my life. And so little by little, started going back to Mass, of course, on Sundays, back to confession for the first time in years, then eventually to daily Mass, and eventually a few years down the line was invited to go on a vocations retreat. And it was there that this great priest, Father David Barnes, uh, gave a small little fervorino before adoration. He got up and he said, you know, the original vocations retreat lasted 10 seconds. And it was Christ walking on the shore, and he called his disciples. They dropped their nets, and he followed him. Satan loves to complicate it, make it seem like it's more, but the truth is it takes no more than 10 seconds. And so with that, I knelt down, and I I literally counted to 10 as he was exposing our blessed Lord in the sacrament. And and at that, I just said, all right, Lord, you want me to be be your priest? Then I'll be your priest. so that was just around six years ago, and uh, it's been nothing but, yeah, nothing but tremendous joy ever since. So when I entered the seminary, that's where the basketball piece came in. That's where, that's where the formation on the court, as we like to say, uh, started. And yeah, the team has really, I mean, it's materialized so much of those subtle interior workings of the heart. Um, when you're out playing sports with guys, it's, it's very clear that the state of your soul is put on display in a particular way. And yeah, it's been such a joy. It's such a surprise for me to, to find so much, so much consolation, so much growth um, through that game of basketball. Right. And we wanted to ask at least, yeah, now that you're in the seminary, but how, how was um, sports like intersecting with your life before that even, or, you know, yeah. did it cross your path much or? Of course. Yeah. I loved, I loved all sorts of sports. I, since I moved around quite a bit when I was younger, we lived in Europe for quite some time. Um, I played a little bit of everything. I mean, my favorite of course was soccer just cause that's what we played everywhere. Um, yeah, whether we lived in, in Mexico for some time, in, in Germany, in Italy, in France, and soccer was always kind of the backbone of my sports uh, career, if you want to call it that. And then all, all sorts of other sports. I loved, um, I loved hockey. I loved badminton. I loved uh, volleyball for some time in France. Uh, but basketball was not on the radar, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I didn't really pick up a basketball until I, until I entered seminary, but, um, I, sports were always, yeah, just a, a big, a big part of my life. Um, they were always the place where, yeah, where the rubber hit the road, where the heart was proved in a unique way. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that so much of scripture speaks of sports and, and relates the spiritual life to, 
to a race, to a great race that needs to be run and that needs to be um, competed in so as to win. So for me, that was always kind of the proving ground. It felt like, um, yeah, just such a natural, yeah, such a natural environment to, to express those deepest desires, those deepest abilities. So I always loved it but it, it didn't take on that spiritual significance until I entered seminary. Right. It always kind of echoes our spiritual life, right? The struggle in, in sports, like we're trying to improve, but same thing for our spiritual life. We fall and it's just a, a perfect metaphor, right? Between the two. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, sports, you play, you win, you play, you lose, you play. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and the key is to to stay to be that man in the arena to, to keep, to keep at it. I think, I mean, we call it ministry of presence. Once we're ordained, just being in that arena, being um, in that Coliseum of life that Christ is, has placed us in is, is so, so obvious to us that that's what's really required for us. That's what, what Mary offered at her great fiat was, nothing more but nothing less than her whole self her presence um to god's grace her her response was yeah her response was one of be it done unto me um i'm here i'm here i'm here to i mean more than to play here to give my whole life of course but i think that's what happens on the field in its own in its own way how do you envision your experience with basketball at the seminary with will affect your future priesthood? Yeah, that's a great question. A lot of people wonder, you know, why are seminarians playing basketball? It seems like something completely irrelevant to the to their pastoral application. But as I mentioned early on, it's that human aspect, that human formation. Um, we're in the world, not of it, but we're in the world. And there's nothing like a good game of basketball a good good sport to to remind you of that reality um i think first just to connect with people father peter shripa the the former captain of the team and and now priest has already started a league of his own um, and brought so many young people to the church through that venue and i think um of course as priests we need to be more more creative and engaging the youth today and meeting them where they are and and many of them find a lot of consolation in in, in basketball. Uh, it's a simple way, a simple place to reach out to meet them. I think also it's a good reminder that Christ is not limited to the tabernacle, that Christ is not contained alone in that tabernacle as if he's somehow bound to the walls of the church. He goes out. I mean, the whole incarnation, the whole story of salvation hinges on Christ's coming to man wherever they were in the in the in the smallest place on earth into that tiny town um, where he came to to our lady and I think that reaching out through these different avenues through these different sports is a, is a perfect way to make that incarnational reality of our faith present again it's something that um, more and more is necessary, and especially in America, where we've sort of lost that that cultural Catholicism that once 
informed much of our of our societies now more than ever we need to to go back out back into the streets um, and bring christ where he's always desired to reign yeah i mean certainly anything to build community because we've we kind of lost it in the last couple years with covid but it's just another way to keep us together absolutely and it's authentic in a unique way. There's something particularly authentic about playing sports. I find that it just unmasks you. You know, everybody's on the same playing field. Everybody's, and trust me, I'm not great at basketball. Mm. <laughs> and so being out there where people see, oh, here's a man who's, you know, who's willing to, to take a shot, to miss, to, to pass, to, to shake hands before and after. Um, it, it brings Christ closer. It brings Christ closer. It reminds us, reminds us of his humanity. Um, yeah. In a profound way. So um, how, how do you foster, foster the, like the teamwork um, you experience playing basketball with your seminary brothers into your, into your future priesthood? Uh, especially at one point in the video, you talked about the sacrifice that you're making, you know, for each other that, grows that bond deeper? Of course, yeah. Every single practice, um, we begin with a, we have this sheet printed out for each individual player, and as a team, we have one as well, where we list our intentions um, for the practice. So every single practice, we begin at 5, 10 in the morning, we jog out, jog a mile up to the gym, and then uh, before we leave, we say a little prayer, and we're reminded in particular of those intentions of the reason, the real why behind, um, behind the sacrifice that, that we're making that motivates uh, so much of our fraternity. That in itself is already such a unifying aspect to be praying together in this unique way for each other, for the real needs. Um, and to be able to, to do that in a, in a real physical way, it's nice to see prayer actually exercised you know if somebody says you know i pray to hail mayor for you that's a very beautiful and powerful thing but there's there's an equal amount of merit to be had for the man who grinds a good workout for you you know says they were thinking about your prayers so that's where we start every prayer and every every um yeah every single every single meeting that we have as a team is always so clearly focused on that fundamental reality that everything we do, as I said in the opening prayer, everything we do begins by God's inspiration, continues with his help, and, and is perfected by his guidance. Um, so that's where we start. And then once we're on the court, yeah, there's this deep humility. There's this deep humility that naturally takes place. We're reminded, of course, that we're seminarians first and basketball players next. Hmm. Um, and so there's a an expectation that the the attitudes, the virtue, the discipline that will govern our form of play needs to be excellent. It needs to be, um, yeah, just so informed by the Christian life. And, and when you have that, it really is iron sharpening iron. It just, it's just man sharpening man, friend to friend. There's a real brotherhood that that's built in sacrifice. There are some things that um, as men in particular, there's nothing 
like suffering together to bring men together, especially when it's for a, a good and glorious cause um, and something that's fun. So it's a good pillar for us going into our priesthood to know that we have this fraternity that, that will, that will last and something that um, we can hinge on some, a fun, simple recreational way to be brought together again and to, and to live out our vocation in a, in a unique way. Yeah, because you certainly don't want to leave your vocation by yourself. It's it's too difficult. And you can look back and you have these friendships that kind of keep spur you on, which is super important. Um of course. Then, and it and it teaches you it teaches you fatherhood in a unique way too. I forgot to mention that's a critical part on the court. I remember a couple of days into our practices, um, as it was kind of picking up steam and we had a bigger group coming out in the mornings my formation advisor who was the, the 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 priest who's in charge of me uh, came out to the court he he drove up at 5 a.m in the morning to go to watch us practice and i i was so nervous when he came out onto the court i remember thinking oh goodness i must have done something terribly wrong for him to be coming out this early in the morning to uh to reprimand me or i must have missed something and you know leg you know my my tail dragging between my legs i walked over and just asked you know, father connor's what um were you looking for somebody in particular was there some something that we could do to help you and just in a very paternal natural tone just said no i was just just came to watch you guys practice and there was something so profound in that moment where i realized that's precisely what a father does that's precisely what a father does out of nothing other than that paternal instinct to to want to see his sons uh, exercising themselves and and practicing basketball. Um, so there was something so human about that, so endearing about his more than his commitment to doing it, his desire to be out there with us. And that was just the beginning of this seed um, that was planted in my in my own heart for that same paternal instinct over the team itself um, just that desire to be both father friend and of course brother with everyone on the court right and it's it's all wrapped in prayer because if we don't have that it just all falls apart whether it's you name it right yep it's and every now and then we have to remind ourselves you know we have a tough loss a tough game um it's easy to get wrapped into the little things wrapped into the the small basketball game that's happening and, and to forget the eternal realities that are at play uh, within our own souls, within our own lives. What message do you hope the laity will get from watching the video? Yeah. I think... Yeah, that incarnational reality to me is so important. I really want people to see this video and to recognize that Christ desires to meet them wherever they are at all times. There's no corner of their life, no matter how dark, no matter how um, desperate things have become. Christ desires to meet you there. Christ desires to meet you there. And and when you give him that place, when you give him that 
home to dwell in, when you give him your heart to, to move into, then whatever happens, whatever joys, whatever sorrows, whatever pains you experience, fundamentally you're held by this profound love. You're held by this profound, profound love. And there's such peace in that, such divine peace that, that fills your whole life when you allow Christ to reign in that way. And now to be clear, it's not that life will be easy. Christ only ever promised the cross. You know, he said the cross in this world and, and glory with him eternally thereafter if we, if we carry it. But we're never carrying it alone. And that's the key that when we, hopefully when people watch this video, they realize that part of what has graced our vocations, part of the reason why we've been able to hear God's call to this, to this tremendous life and to this undoubtedly difficult life is because we've recognized that we're not walking alone. We've recognized that Christ comes and walks alongside us. He carries that yoke with us. And, and like Peter, wherever we are, we say, you know, to whom shall we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. And, and that's, that's what this basketball documentary has really reminded us, that what's happening on that court goes so far beyond the wood of the court and is really expressed most fully on the wood of the cross. Absolutely. And it was really cool how um, we've heard this a couple times, not just in your video, but about people who play sports, that they were free just to play. Like they, they felt like they had this freedom, which, which God, you know, Christ is calling us. I, I don't want you to sin. So you have the freedom to be who you should be and just play free. Um, I thought that was, we, we've heard this before from some of our other guests about this playing for God and not one, one of your seminarians said that he only played sports to please his father, but now he's just enjoying it. And it was just great to see that. Yes. I think it's, it's so beautiful what you were saying. We have this freedom to, as, as it said, the freedom to fail, the freedom to, to fall, the freedom to miss shots and the freedom to make them as well, to take those, those difficult shots. And you play with, yeah, with such, I mean, with the same reckless love with which Christ loves you, you, you know that there's a kind of, um, yeah, there's an encouragement that there's a love that's unconditional. When you really believe that, when you really believe that you are loved unconditionally, that changes you dramatically. It, it totally changes you in every way possible. And especially with sports, because so many athletes have lived their entire lives just based on results. Their whole career is result-driven. It's all about whether or not they make those shots, whether or not they perform, whether or not they make the team, they make the cut. And that kind of, yeah, that kind of purchased love, that kind of purchased admiration, because it's not love, is so far from what God gives us. It's so far from what God gives us. And so when you actually experience that unconditional love, when you experience that divine love, oh, you live so differently. You play so differently. 
in your family, in your work, you know, anywhere in, in your aspect of your life. So, but it's super bright on the stage, right? On the basketball court, it's like full color right for you. So, yes. <laughs> well, and how, how do you um, plan to use this video to, to help with uh, vocations in your, in your diocese? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's incredible the number of people that have reached out and said, Oh, I saw you on that video. And, um, I mean, that's where it starts wherever, wherever we can take this video, uh, just to hear somebody ask about it, to ask maybe more about our vocations personally, it really is, um, just the beginning of a conversation. We've used the video to encourage other teams to join us and to play either with our team individually. We'll go out to different scrimmages every Friday. We'll play against different teams from across the diocese. And, and a few teams we also invite to come and play at our seminary. We have a big tournament coming up in January that we put together with 16 different uh, parishes, different teams from around the archdiocese. And again, it's another opportunity for them to, to play basketball, to play basketball with a bunch of seminarians, but also to visit the seminary, of course, and to, and to learn a bit about the vocation and, and maybe hopefully hear, hear God's call in a more unique and intimate setting that they might not have been exposed to otherwise. So yeah, we're using, we're using everything God's giving us all the talents <laughs> Sure. Why not? <laughs> Amen. Are you excited about next year's seminary basketball tournament? Oh, yes. Yeah, we have. So we have the St. John Seminary Invitational that's in January. And then, of course, the big Francis de Sales tournament that's in February, February 9th to 11th. Um, and so that'll be live streamed. That'll be available for everybody to watch. Um, yeah, just on that Francis de Sales Invitational, uh, the webpage will be live. So super, super excited. We've got a good team this year. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward not only to the, to the games of basketball that will be played, but to those many friendships that will be rekindled, um, to the many prayers that will be offered, and, and to the great hope that it brings us you know, going out there, being with couple hundred other seminarians is so encouraging. It's so encouraging for our own vocations. Um, and it really excites us all the more for our priesthood. Yeah, Randy, we'll have to keep uh, an eye on that live stream so we can follow. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> See how you guys do. Do you guys sell t-shirts? <laughs> we have some merch uh we do we're we're actually working on a, a couple couple other things i'll i'll ask um the co-captain joe jasinski see if we can put a few of those things um on the saint john seminary webpage. we do have a, a a landing page there where you can support the team where you can even just find out more information if you just type in saint john seminary basketball um it should be one of the first few links that that pops up and gives you a little bit more information about upcoming events and, um, and ways that you can help support the team. But we'll see if we can get some, uh, some of the swagger that we'll be giving out during the invitational tournament available on the, on the website as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. And we'll put your uh, seminary's website on in the show notes as well. So make sure you have that. Yeah. Well, all the best <laughs> for next, for the tournament in February. 
So um, any, any message that you would like to, let's say someone's listening right out there, they're thinking about the priesthood or even a religious vocation, perhaps. Um, is there any message you would like to share? Yeah. You know, Lord says, come and see. Um, I think one of the, one of the small lies that I heard that kept me from pursuing the vocation for a little, little bit after I turned back to the faith was that God speaks to us through our desires. He definitely does. He definitely does. That's true. But so often we don't know what we desire. So often we don't know what we love, what we truly love. I mean, if we were really supposed to just pursue our desires, the world would be in a tough place. <laughs> um, God does speak through us through those desires, but our souls first need to be informed. They need to be prepared to receive that vocation. So I guess my, my one invitation for anybody considering um, their vocation is to, to serve God the way that he desires to be served. And that means that we need to really open our hearts to listen, um, not so much seeking our will as we pray in the, our father, but really seeking the father's will. Um, think of your life, on your deathbed as one of the famous Ignatian exercises and, and consider, especially if you're an athlete, I mean, consider the greatness that will be, that will be offered to the father with a whole life devoted to, to the priesthood or to religious life. Um, yeah. All that is good, all that is beautiful, all that is worthy of praise. Think of these things um, as scripture tells us. So yeah, just encourage you to, Consider God's desires, consider his heart before your own, and you'll find that at the end of the day, he'll conform yours to his. And those deep desires of the sacred heart will become your own. Is there any, any message or words of encouragement that you would like to like to give someone who might be listening to our podcast? Hmm. Yeah, just... Oh, just, just to keep praying for us, keep praying for, uh, keep praying for vocations to the priesthood. I know my vocation came through the prayers of my grandmother. And of course, above all my, my own mother, um, don't lose hope for any family members that may have fallen away. I know so many families like my own that, uh, it took a while, <laughs> it took a while for the, for the lost sheep to come back, but keep praying, keep praying and, and have faith in, in God's goodness and his, and his unending mercy. Um, yeah. Very, very grateful for all of you who support all of us. The church really is one body when it's, when it's members work together, that's, it's key for the health of the whole body. We'll, we'll certainly do that. We'll keep, keep you all in prayer and, um, especially for those who are in seminary, a, a good friend who's also in seminary out here in Oregon. So, um, but yeah, and just keep, keep the faith, especially for our family members who have fallen away that the Lord will bring them back someday. And so he will. Hope. Yeah, he will in his own way, in his own time. Um, but no prayer goes unanswered. Our father is a good father. 
Well, like we said, Deacon Marcella, we'll we'll put um, your seminary link and um, in the show notes, and of course, a link to the YouTube documentary itself. And um, before we we have you close in prayer, is there anything else you'd like to share? Just kind of open it up for you. Hmm. No, just uh, just very grateful, very very grateful for 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 you guys for having me on for not just for having me on, but for having this podcast. I think it's so fruitful. There's so much, so much useless media that we listen to and to have good entertainment, I think is a a critical part of the Christian life. So, so grateful that you guys put on this great podcast and um, look forward to hearing the many other great speakers that, that you'll have on. Indeed. Well, we'll definitely keep in touch. Well, thank you very much. So thank you. We'll, we'll let you, Lead us in that closing prayer then, Deacon. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of sport. We thank you for the gift of our bodies. We thank you for the gift of faith. We pray that in all that we do, in all that we dedicate our lives to, in all that we exercise our bodies, we might keep in mind that heavenly, eternal race that heavenly home to which we are running. Inspire us to run with the courage and the determination that we need so that we might win that imperishable crown and be with you where you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Deacon Marcello Ferrari. Yeah, thank you um, very much. All the best with Vocation, National Vocation Week next week, and um, look forward to being in touch for the next tournament in February. Thank Good you. luck Thank on you. the court. Thank you. We, we, need, we need it. Well, we need, we need providence. We need grace. <laughs> <laughs>